0: Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Thursday, October the 20th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we are happy to have another special guest joining us today on the show, uh, former pro hockey player Mike Hamilton, now uh, retired avid sports better uh, as well, uh, Mike Hamilton. So he's uh, into the same kind of shit we are, and we always love having <laughs> sure. our guests uh, into the betting side of things as well. Mike, great to have you on the show. Thanks for doing this.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me. appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. So we
0: before we get into this huge card, and it's a mammoth card, we got 12 games on tap tonight on this Thursday NHL card. Mike, talk a little bit about your hockey playing days.
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Western Canada. So like any Canadian, grew up playing hockey and, the you know, kind of midgets and then on to juniors and then scholarships. So I played at University of Maine and then was drafted by Atlanta back when they had a squad and then kind of bounced around Uh, about six years professionally where some time in the American League and the coast and then uh, a little bit in Italy, Scotland, Um, you know, so about six years and then kind of called it quits and a heck of a ride. So a lot of fun memories, a lot of fun times, a lot of great friendships over the years. But, um, you know, it's been about 10 years now since I retired.
0: And now uh, residing in South Kakalaki, as you were telling me before uh, we started the show. And I'm sure enjoying it in the uh, lovely south, southern part of the United States these days, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, especially right now. You get 75 degrees. Uh, it's just beautiful down here. So it's it's a nice time of the year to be down here. A little hot in the summer. So it gets pretty humid. Um, but yeah, down in Charleston, South Carolina. I've been down here on and off for about 10 years or so.
2: Nice. I was going to ask, obviously, you know, you wrapped up your career down there, so you made that home. But I was going to ask, you know, of all the different places you played, what what was one of your favorite cities to be in? Because I know you played with the Wolves for a little bit, so you got to be in the Chicago area and Vegas as well. So, uh, you know, what was your experience of being in those different cities? Yeah, I would
1: say Chicago was my favorite for sure. Uh, I mean, a great organization with the Wolves. We won a championship there, so that's always a lot of fun. And then just a great city, too. I had some great memories playing there, even through some of those. Uh, wicked Winners. Uh, certainly love that there. It was some fun in Vegas. The year-end bender in Vegas was a little crazy. I don't think I've been back since, honestly. Or maybe one time. But um, no, a couple good stops. Italy was fun. I mean, such a great culture over there. So to get to experience Europe and then Scotland and um, just kind of in, engulfing in those kind of cultures and just the way they view sports and kind of their lifestyle was pretty fun. So it was a, it was a good ride.
0: And probably with the uh, when you're ECHL playing days too, the people that attend the ECHL uh, games, I find those are your hardcore uh, fan base right there. These are people that, you know, really support the team. You know, I know since the pandemic, we've talked about this with Ray Bryce. We've talked about, talked about this with a bunch of people that we've had on the show uh, that either play or uh, have played in the AHL, the ECHL, the, the, the minor leagues. That they have had a difficult time with attendance figures, especially since the uh, pandemic. So, what was the uh, attendance like for the uh, Stingrays when you played there? I assume the people that do show up for all for these type of games, these teams, they're into it, though.
1: Yeah, no, they have a good nucleus uh, of a fan base, um, and that's kind of the core of what keeps these teams going. Because there's a sort of a booster club for every team that kind of helps with the housing and. You know, everything from pots and pans to uh, towels for guys and, and being in the East Coast, you got guys going up, coming down. It's kind of a revolving door of players in and out. So um, that support is huge and kind of makes a lot of these organizations kind of stay afloat. Um, so to your point, passionate people, I mean, they know every guy on the team. They come to every game. Um, you know, I think every team wishes they would get a little bit more growth in kind of the attendance, but uh, you know, pandemic and, and other various things sometimes can be hard and you know, you got college football down in the south too, so that's a big draw.
0: Of
2: course, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah,
0: no question. And now, of course, uh, you are uh, into uh, sports. But of course, this is our career. Alex and I, we've been doing this as a full time job, full time career now for a decade plus now. Uh, so we're obviously we take this very seriously. We we, we need to be good at this if we're going to make money uh, long term. And we certainly work tirelessly to ensure we put ourselves in uh, advantageous betting situations, getting the the edge more often than not but for you uh since uh how long have you
1: been more getting yourself more into the uh, sports betting side of things yeah i mean just with like some buddies and stuff over the years and being you know into sports watch a ton of sports so it's obviously fun to have a little juice on the game here and there and uh with that you obviously need to educate yourself on the numerous things whether it's you know for football you got weather and you know every sport you got injuries you got Hey, don't we, we know it. <laughs> yeah. Or the NBA, you got guys resting on some nights. So you got to kind of, yeah. if you are going to, you know, partake in some of that gambling, you got to sort of know what you got. I mean, everyone can kind of catch a flyer every once in a while, but uh, you got to stay on your toes, try to keep up the speed with some stuff, which, I mean, if it's not a full time job for you, it can be a little challenging at times to to kind of stay in the know.
0: Yeah, there's no question uh, about that. We're going to get into the Thursday card in a sec, but just first, NHL-wise, Mike, uh, what has stuck out to you through a week and a bit uh, here into the uh, regular season? Any teams, any players, anything that you've witnessed in the NHL so far this season that you want to mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's not surprising, but you see kind of Crosby and the Penguins coming out, putting up some big numbers, and it's not surprising, but at the same time, you're like, pretty impressive to see these guys doing it for this many years and in a salary cap era. So um, seeing that's been kind of fun. You know, I've, I've caught a few games, so you're still sort of feeling out teams. I think the Rangers look really, really good. I've watched a couple of their games. Yep. Uh, really impressed with their power play. They got a ton of depth. Obviously, MSG is always, always pumping pretty hard. So um, I like seeing them. I mean, Stamkos, Ovechkin, they're still doing – their thing, just one time and everything, I feel like, I think Stanford, what, got five goals this year already? Um, so it's, it seems to be kind of the same old, same old, but uh, certainly been exciting, though. I think the game's in a good place. A lot, of, a lot of goal scoring, too. A lot of overs, hitting, it looks like.
0: Yeah, and that's certainly good for me. I'm Mr. Over. I don't bet a ton of hunters in, in, in any sport. Uh, football, basketball, baseball, hockey—it doesn't matter the sport. Ninety percent of my totals bets, probably more than that percentage-wise, are overs. So I'm always happy uh, to see that, no question about it. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and last night, perfect example, Mike. We had three Wednesday night NHL games, and we had three games. All three of them go over the total last night. Although, if you had the Flyers Panthers uh, under six and a half, that's brutal. brutal. I mean, that's the one game that shouldn't have gone over the total, and somehow it did. Uh, that. Game goes to four three with two seconds left uh, on the clock last night. Uh, just brutal if you
2: had under six and a half in that yeah. game Florida game. Well, not only that, it's also brutal if you had Florida puck line, which I'm sure a lot of people did because they were you know up to minus three twenty five to three fifty uh, before puck drop. So that's a, a brutal beat on two fronts: uh, puck line and total.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. As, as as you know, Mike, as you, know, you get into this more and more, like we have for ten years, uh, you know, you're going to get bad beats. Like Especially if you're going to bet every day, every sport, and we certainly do that, you're going to have bad beats. You're going to have just terrible losses that don't go your way, but you're also going to be on the winning side sometimes of those type of games as well, Mm -hmm. that you don't deserve it, and you're on the right side of some of those unfortunate uh, results for the other side. So uh, it goes both ways, and the hope is it's going to even out you know, over a long Mm -hmm. uh, period of time. Uh, No question about that. All right, let's get to the Thursday card. It is a big one. We've got 12 games. We'll start with the Dallas Stars and Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Toronto minus 180 here. Home favorite, six and a half the total in this one. Uh, It's just a constant, never-ending, media-influenced soap opera with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, the big news now is that Sheldon Keefe, after the loss to Arizona, which was a bad loss, we railed on that. Uh, on Tuesday's show when we recap Monday that this is what the Leafs do. They leaf uh, every now and then, as I like to call it, where, you know, they play down to the competition. They didn't score in the first 10 minutes, even though they were carrying the play and they figured, you know what? We put in our 10 minutes of hard work against this bad hockey team. We're just going to hope our talent carries us now to victory. And it doesn't work that way. Uh, Arizona worked them out, hustled them uh, one loose puck battles uh, all over the ice, especially in that second period. When they started to take greater control it only got to the third period when they were down two nothing when you saw a little bit of an alarm clock uh, go off for the uh, toronto maple leafs when they came back to tie the game but uh they end up losing four uh three to two uh, late giveaway by justin hall who's been a bit of a whipping boy for the leaf fans uh, so far this year so a tough loss you'd expect them to be certainly focused and looking to bounce back here but are we ready to lay minus 180 uh, with the toronto maple leafs not tonight I mean, I actually took a shot with them in a bounce-back situation last week against Washington, but even then they weren't laying this kind of price. Uh, But this is a very expensive number, uh, even though I think spot-wise it's pretty good for Toronto. It's not going to be easy, though. Dallas playing some really good hockey to begin the year, and they probably don't have the four lines of depth maybe that the Leafs have, but their top six can – with the way they're playing right now to start the year, it can go up with a lot of different teams with Jason Robertson, Rupe Hints, Joe Pavelski, Mason Marchment has been terrific uh, since uh, making his Stars debut uh, coming over from Florida in the offseason, playing with Tyler Sagan and Ty DeLandria. It's been a very effective second line for the stars. So this is not going to be an easy game. In fact, I'd lean Dallas, quite honestly, uh, at plus 160 with the way they're playing. But I know you're going to get Toronto's – you should get Toronto's best. Sheldon Keefe says our stars didn't play like it uh, on Monday against Arizona. Then he was walking back the comments after yesterday saying, "Uh, you know, I didn't want to use those words. You shouldn't have to walk back anything. He was right. You know, you have, you've got the superstar talent on your team more than Arizona. They didn't produce, you know, you're just stating common fact. I don't understand this nonsense where he's got to apologize or take back some of the shit he said. It was true. You know, and it's, it's soft society is what it is It's what that's exactly it. I mean, we're too damn sensitive about anybody saying anything now uh, in this day and age. It's ridiculous. Uh, but he walked it back. Um, I don't think he should have done that. I don't think he needed to do that. Um, so for this game, I lean Dallas. I'm not going to get involved in the total, but I am going to get involved in a prop. And this is one of the great situations that always pops up. We have Nick Robertson for the Leafs who had a great preseason. They expect that he could be pretty solid at the NHL level. He's been called up. He's going to play on the second line tonight with William Nylander and John Tavares. You want to talk about odds makers that don't have a clue when it comes to player props? This is Exhibit 8. John Tavares is plus 135 to score a goal tonight. William Nylander is plus 155 to score a goal tonight. Do you know what their line mate on that second line, Nick Robertson, is to score a goal tonight? Plus 500 in some spots at at Bet365 and among other places. That's absolutely insane. It's a must bet. Win or lose, you've got to take a plus 500 on a Nick Robertson to score a goal. On the second line, a guy that had a blazing hot preseason for the Leafs, scored goals left and right. He's certainly going to be amped up. He's probably going to give them a little a boost and a, a shot in the arm offensively. I think it's a great, great player prop bet tonight uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? We'll start with you, Dallas-Toronto.
2: Yeah, that's definitely uh, a great value for, for a prop. Like you said, some books don't make those adjustments uh, quick enough. And, and, you know, as we start to hit these, you wonder if the books will kind of correct the, themselves at, at one point. And I, I make that – Segue to lead into how we've seen all these six and a halfs for first for full game uh, overs, and now we're seeing twos mostly for these first period totals. You know, kind of alerted everyone of that, how we would see that change happen. This is the new normal now, seeing these high numbers, and you just got to kind of pick and choose. And now, said we mostly bet overs, but uh, you know, sometimes you want to try and look for an under. You know, we should have cashed an under last night with Philly and Florida. And this is one where I was thinking about playing an under because. I was looking at this number, plus 145, plus 150 with Dallas. Automatically kind of told me, we're not going to see Audinger. We're going to see Wedgwood. Now that that's confirmed, it's moved up to 160. And Wedgwood, he's a good number two goaltender, but I just don't know if I can trust him in an under, even at six and a half, because this is a Leafs team that you wonder if they're going to come in, you know, come out inspired. Play a little pissed off and maybe get a couple of goals early. And this game kind of freewheels and goes back and forth. And keep in mind, Dallas isn't just a defensive sit on the puck and you know try to score one or two goals kind of team anymore. They can kind of freewheel and and trade some goals back and forth. So the total I want to stay away from side. I'm obviously not going to lay 180 with the Leafs. Like I said, Stars. I would have I would have ran to the window to grab uh you know a plus price if it was Ottinger, but with Wedgwood, this is kind of a, a game I want to watch and learn from rather than make a way drunk. All
0: right. Then no problem with that. All right, Mike, what do you think here? Dallas, Toronto.
1: Yeah, kind of likewise. A little bit of a, a, a tough line to get too excited about. But, I mean, I do think the Leafs are going to have to come out. I mean, and diffuse all situations from the comments and all that stuff and then have their big guns going. But I think Dallas can hang too. I mean, it's the National Hockey League. So teams come to play. Toronto's a tough place to play. But, um, You know, part of me leans to Toronto in this game. I know the line's a little tough, but um, I do feel like they got to come out and put together a a full 60 minutes tonight, and and I kind of feel like that might happen.
0: It definitely feels like a Toronto bounce-back spot. And again, they get a little bit of a break here. And this is not to disrespect Scott Wedgwood because he, he's, he can be very capable. I've seen him play some great games and, and lead his team to victory, make 30, 40 saves and look great. But he's also had some games where he's given up three goals on 18 shots. You know, that's what you can sometimes get with Wedgwood little inconsistency, but that's what you get with most backups. Um, but he's no Jake Ottinger, you know, that's and that's the, that's the point that I'm trying to make. Like, I don't want to disrespect Wedgwood, but he's no uh, Jake Ottinger. And, again, the Leafs get a little bit of a break here that they're going to end up seeing uh, Wedgwood uh, in in between the pipes tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars. So, uh, like I said, Toronto, uh, minus 118, minus 120, by the way, in regulation for the Leafs uh, is the price we're looking at if you're interested in them to at least get a little bit of a better price on them uh, if you like them in this uh, game. In regulation with the Leafs is around uh, minus 120. All right, Washington, Ottawa next up. We've got the uh, Senators. Uh, Minus one ten here, actually even money both sides. Minus one ten, six and a half the total uh, in this game. So the Ottawa Senators uh, lose their first two games of the season, both on the road uh, against Toronto and Buffalo, but they do bounce back uh, uh, in their home opener. Uh, against the Boston Bruins and a uh, crazy game uh, back and forth. It went 7-5 to five, uh, victory for the uh, Senators in that game. We'll see if they can keep it rolling here uh, in this game against Washington. I think they have the chance to do just that. I'm going to come right back and take the Sens again here tonight at minus 110. I mean, I am not – I'm still not enamored with the Capitals, you know, even though they're 2-2 two and two to start the year. They lost to a depleted Boston team in their opener. They lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs after that. And then the victories were against Montreal, uh, three to one, and they kind of struggled to, uh, you know, get a separation in that game. Uh, and then against Vancouver, uh, they were on their way to losing that game. Let's not forget that they were down four two, and it was another of the many meltdowns and collapses uh, that we've seen uh, early in the season. And Washington comes back and wins that game six to four. So I like Ottawa here to build uh, off what we saw. Uh, against Boston. They're going to have to shore things up a little bit defensively. It was not crisp and not great from that standpoint, giving up five goals uh, on 34 shots to the Bruins. But certainly we know this team offensively is very capable. It didn't look like it in their first couple games on the road, but they return home and all of a sudden we're seeing everybody get involved. Drake Batherson, Brady Kachuk, Timmy Stutzla, uh, and all of a sudden Ottawa is lighting it up. Uh, in that uh, victory against Boston. So I'm still looking for spots to fade Washington. I think Ottawa gets a little pep in their step, a little positive momentum from that first win of the season at home against Boston. I think they can carry that over into this game tonight. So give me the Senators here, minus 110. Certainly totals-wise, it's over a pass for me when it comes to Ottawa. They could be one of those teams where, you know, maybe that's a little home-road dichotomy with them offensively where maybe on the road they don't score as much. Maybe they trend under a little bit more you get them back home and all of a sudden they light it up for seven goals and the game goes over the total. So you might get Ottawa maybe uh, at home being more of a team that's going to Get that offense going. Trend more toward over when they're on home ice. So I like Ottawa here, and I also am going to take a little a smaller bet with the uh, over six and a half as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Capitals Senators?
2: Yeah, you make a very good point about that with Ottawa. Yeah, I think we're going to see them be more of an explosive home team, kind of almost in the same build of like Minnesota. We talk about them, you know, their home or they're way better at home, uh, a lot more energy, and, and it just seem like a lot more you know offensive output. In front of the home crowd, and I think they're the younger, fresher, faster team in this matchup with with Washington. You know, they got the win over Vancouver. But, you know, we talked at nauseam about how Vancouver's uh, been struggling uh, late in games just so far this year. So, that, I think that's really not much, and I think it's a good price here to take Ottawa at home minus a dollar ten. The next time these two teams meet, I promise you, it will not be a dollar ten on Ottawa's side. they will be a much higher favorite. So, I'm going to go with the sins as well.
0: Yeah, I think, again, you're still getting them at a reasonable price here uh, in these last couple of games because of the 0-2 start and because of the fact that last year they didn't have a great year. So it's a follow up from that, but definitely an improved Ottawa team, certainly offensively. Defensively, there are still some warts and we still, you know, Anton Forsberg can be good one night, not so good the other night. And of course, this is his net now with Cam Talbot uh, still injured and out for a period of time for Ottawa. So uh, there's still some question marks about whether they can keep the puck out of their own net consistently. But certainly scoring-wise, there's not a whole lot of concern. They should be able to uh, definitely light up the scoreboard, especially when you bring in uh, Giroux and Dabrinkit as well in the offseason. By the way, it looks like Darcy Kemper and Anton Forsberg uh, will be the starting goaltender matchup in this game. Uh, Mike, what are you thinking here? Washington-Ottawa.
1: Yeah, same kind of look as you guys. I think uh, I like the acquisitions Ottawa did this offseason. They certainly could pack a punch offensively. Uh, They're at home. I mean, I like the odds. Uh, I think Washington without Backstrom still has a pretty big hole in their lineup um, offensively. So I like Ottawa, too.
0: The Sens as well to uh, get the uh, job done here on home ice. All right, Nashville, Columbus. We've got Nashville minus 145 road favorites, six and a half uh, being the total uh, in this game. Uh, The uh, Blue Jackets, uh, we talked about how, you know, Washington was the uh, benefactor uh, of a Vancouver Canucks collapse, uh, and so was Columbus. Uh, in their last game, uh, taking advantage of a Vancouver team that just cannot hold a lead right now. Uh, they come back and beat the Canucks 4-3 to in overtime. Uh, that's three straight overs for Columbus, and uh, they're uh, definitely making my preseason prognostication regarding the Jackets from a total standpoint look very strong, saying they're going to play some overs, this team. They're are they're below-average defensive team. We don't really trust necessarily. Elvis Merzlikens, night in and night out in, in terms of the goaltending. He's still got a lot to show uh, in that regard. Uh, so Columbus definitely trending over. I, I do lean over the total here tonight. Nothing on the side for me. I certainly can't. I'm, I'm alarmed with Nashville, okay, that loss against L.A. You've got that game in firm control, 3-1 to one in the third period. You can't bring it home uh, against the Los Angeles Kings team that I like the way the Kings are uh, progressing is obviously a great season last year. Tons of great young talent. When you think of uh, Velarde and you think of uh, Arthur Kaliev uh, and uh, Adrian Kempe, obviously it's gonna be a, that's a really good Kings team up front. But that for Nashville to be up by two goals in that game in the third period at on home ice with the rest advantage against a Kings team that played the night before against Detroit, an overtime game as well. So they had to push themselves beyond sixty minutes. And you can't bring that game home. If you're Nashville, you made mistakes. You took bad penalties. It's an alarming loss for Nashville. And now they've lost three in a row. And don't look now, guys. The only teams they, the only team they've beaten this year is San Jose, you know, which is right with Arizona is one of my worst teams in the NHL based on my power ratings right now. So that's the only team they've beaten this year, Nashville. Those two games in the Czech, in Chechia, rather, uh, against uh, San Jose. So I'm not ready to lay a buck 45 on the road with Nashville, bottom line. That's the point I'm getting at here. I understand spot-wise, uh, Nashville off the another tough loss. You, you expect them to have the focus here. But they're not finishing games very well. And when your only victory is against one of the worst teams. Your only victories have been against one of the worst teams in the NHL. It's not a team I've got the confidence in to lay a buck 45 on the road. You know, a dollar forty-five. I'm just not going to do it. So I lean over. I'll have a small overplay. I think in this game, but nothing in terms of the side. Alex, anything here? Bread's jacket.
2: No, this is going to be a clear pass for me. I, I was trying to even make a case for the the first period over because you're seeing two at plus one twenty. Uh, and I think you know, Nashville, LA, the other night that game should have gone over in the first period. We saw uh, a blistering pace, but but just some great saves at both ends. And Columbus, like we said, they're a team that's trending over, they don't trust most Lincolns, uh, much to, to be you know, just shut down goaltender night in, night out. So it's a slight lean with that, that, but that it's more of a price, uh, than the number itself. But there's other spots on this card that I like more, so I'm just going to pass it all together.
0: All right, a pass for Alex here. All right, Mike, Nashville, Columbus.
1: Yeah, I mean, sort of an interesting spot where Columbus gets that first win. Um, So maybe a little momentum plus money at home. Nashville certainly sliding. Um, You know, I like Columbus in this game, just being at home, hopefully capitalizing on a team that's kind of struggling and maybe can't find the answers tonight again. Um, Again, over sort of like you guys said. uh, I could see it going over. So that'd be my call, Columbus in the over.
0: All right, Columbus from a side perspective. I agree. I mean, I think the value is actually Columbus here. I mean, when you're you're gonna, I don't know if we're ready. I'm. I know. I know. I'm not ready to say. Yeah, Nashville minus one forty-five on the road. You've blown a few games, and the only team you've beaten is San Jose. That's not the profile of minus 145 on the road, at least for me. So that's yeah, why I can't true. I can't get there with the Predators here tonight uh, in this game. All right, Arizona-Montreal. Uh, Montreal minus 170 home favorites here, six and a half being the total uh, in this one. Uh, both of these teams coming the, – these are the two teams that headlined uh, proceedings uh, earlier this week on a Monday night it was. Uh, both of them registering two massive upset victories. I mean, Montreal was plus 220. Uh, against Pittsburgh, and they came back and they beat the Penguins in overtime. And, of course, Arizona, as Alex mentioned, what was it, the third biggest uh, underdog victory, uh, obviously, in the NHL the last two decades against Toronto uh, on Monday night, uh, plus 400 and change uh, against the Leafs, and they uh, get the uh, victory 3-2. to So both teams feeling good. Arizona clearly happy to get that first win of the season. It had been a rough start the way they played against Pittsburgh uh, and Boston. To begin the year, but they get that first win. It's a tricky game. I mean, do I trust Arizona? It's kind of like last year. We talked about this theme with Arizona where do you trust this team to put two wins in a row together? They didn't do that very often last year. They're going to be one of those teams that this year they're going to have to prove to me they can string wins together before I'm ready to back them. They were awful. If you bet against Arizona in some fashion every time they were off a victory, Last year, you did very well. They just didn't string wins together, which you'd expect it for one of the worst teams in the NHL. But on the flip side, while I don't love taking Arizona in this particular spot, but this is not the price I'm looking at Montreal with uh, minus 170. Uh, there's going to be good spots, and I think they're going to be a good home team this year. They're already 2-0 and at home, beating the Leafs and the Penguins, and they beat some pretty good teams on home ice uh, this year. But... I want them at home, on, at home when they're going to be, you know, an underdog or close to a pick 'em, not when they're minus one seventy. Uh, I think Cole Caulfield goal is a good prop, as Jarek Rubel in our YouTube chat says. I think that's definitely good. You got to look maybe toward Nick Ritchie right now as well for the Arizona Coyotes. He, I, I, it's just such a Toronto Maple Leafs thing that he does nothing for Toronto. They get rid of him. He goes to Arizona, and last year he's producing left and right, and he ends up having a great game against Toronto head to head the other night. It's just such a typical thing to happen to the Leafs. But Nick Ritchie's playing well for Arizona, so I wouldn't mind props involving him tonight uh, in this game uh, personally. But side or total, I'm probably going to stay off. And even the total here uh, at six and a half, you know, we did see Arizona tighten things up a little bit. They did help hold Toronto. Say what you will, maybe Toronto was just asleep for a lot in that game, but you still held Toronto to not even 20 shots. You know, you're doing something right, Arizona. You turned a corner defensively, clearly, a little bit after the first few games, so maybe this is an under, and Montreal's game with Pittsburgh did stay under as well, so Maybe we'll lean in that direction here. Uh, Alex, anything here? Coyotes, Canadians.
2: You know, I almost want to kind of lean with the under here slightly because of the fact that it's in the same band of you talk about, you know, Arizona. We can't trust them off a win to, you know, notch another. They're not, they're not the team that's going to streak and, and, and get a bunch of wins. However, one thing that does kind of, you know, interest me is, you know, we talked about the success that Arizona's had uh, in Toronto over the last two decades, various, obviously, uh, you know, up and down teams, but same thing with Montreal. They're actually five and two the last seven meetings uh, up in Montreal. So you know this maybe some kind of uh, you know we talk about this with teams when they go on the West Coast trips, or the Western Canadian trips. Maybe there's something here with this team going on the East Coast whenever they do at a certain time. And it from history, it looks like it's usually toward the earlier part of the year when they're a fresher team. Uh, they play well, at, you know, playing in, in this little Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa swing. So. You know, I'm just going to probably stay away from it maybe look for a live opportunity, but I, I think this could be a lower-scoring game. I could see this being maybe Montreal winning this 3-1, 3-2. That's
0: an excellent point because I looked, I went back and looked Montre- at Montreal, at Ottawa, at Toronto. Last season, Arizona swept those three games. They won all three games. And Remember, that was a ba- just as bad an Arizona team last year right. as they're going to probably True. be this year. And there's Arizona sweeping the Eastern Canada Swing uh toronto ottawa and montreal um so there you go i'm not betting the game but that would have me lean in arizona a little bit i mean i can't lay a buck 70 with montreal i know that uh yeah i, I cast a big dog i want them as a, a pick them or a, or an underdog at home i'm not going to be laying minus 170 at any point with these class c class d teams it's one of the great things the legend himself uh, rest in peace. We, I miss him to this day. And he was one of the p- first people I knew in the earth that got me interested in sports betting, hearing him on radio here in Toronto in Canada, 20 years ago, Dave Malinsky. Yeah. And one of the things he would always say is, you know, you don't want to take bad numbers, bad prices and pay a premium on these class C class D teams. That is the term he would use. That's what we're dealing with here. Class C class D teams. And that's why it's a little bit of a, you know, wild variants you can get in games like this. Uh, What do you think here, uh, Mike, Arizona-Montreal?
1: Yeah, kind of likewise, a little bit of a wild card game, but I would say I think the Yotes are on their sixth straight road game. Um, So, I mean, can be good for the camaraderie of the team, but, I mean, I'm sure these guys are kind of tired, ready to head back home. So, if I had to take anything, I would take Montreal being at home in the Bell Center. Um, and surprisingly, I feel like Montreal is kind of defensively, you know, numbers-wise, have put up reasonable numbers so far. So if I had to do anything on the over-under, I would probably take the under in this one. Um, but not not a favorite for me like you guys. Um, but I would do Montreal if I, if I was going to do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, no question. It's uh, a good question. Little will see you really that. It's not that I'm low on Montreal. I'm low on them when they're minus 170. You know that's the problem. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's a big big number here uh, with uh, Montreal uh, in this game, and that's why I'm uh, uh, not getting involved with it. You were close on the road trip, Mike. I, you said it was their sixth game. It's actually a six game road trip. This is their fourth game, but it is a six okay. game road trip. Yeah. It's a long one. Yeah. It is a long. They're not even done yet. This is their fourth game, and they've got Ottawa uh, after this, uh, and that's going to be on uh, Saturday, uh, and then uh, Columbus. Before they finally head back to uh, Tempe at Arizona State University, Arizona State Coyotes, uh, as we call them, playing in that little dump of an arena uh, that they're going to end up playing in this year. uh, Just to make that NHL look so good for that. Uh, But uh, nevertheless, so there's still a couple games left on this uh, road trip for Arizona. So you're right, they'll be feeling it by the end of this road trip. They'll be dragging ass, in my opinion, once they get to Columbus next week. No question about that. All right. uh, Next up here, we've got Anaheim and Boston. Uh, The uh, Bruins minus 200 to minus 215. Home favorites. Six and a half, the total in this game. I'm going to go over the total uh, again with the Bruins. uh, A a team that we talked about on uh, uh, Monday uh, against, or Tuesday rather, against uh, Ottawa. You know, it's a team that has got cluster injuries on the blue line. You look at it tonight. Brandon Carlo. Charlie McAvoy, both out. Now they will, it looks like, get Matt Grizzlick back. So they are going to get one of those three big time defensemen returning uh, for them uh, in this game tonight. So that's significant, but you're still without Carlo McAvoy and Anton Strawman, <laughs> excuse me, as well, is also going to be out for them. So you're still dealing with some significant absences on the blue line. And as we talked about many times on this show over the years, Cluster injuries on the blue line usually means you're going to have more turnovers, more breakdowns, communication issues, and that's when the defensive miscues happen in the D zone. Mike, you're a great person to ask this. Is it, It's it got to be true, at least to some extent here, that when you have not just one, but two, three key starting defensemen out, it's going to screw up your defensive chemistry, and that's when the mistakes happen, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially some of these guys that are logging 25, 28 minutes. Um, you know, that's pretty valuable time on ice, especially for some veteran defensemen. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Anaheim is on the fourth game of their Eastern road trip here. They're owing their last three coming into Boston. I mean, another tough one, but the line's pretty steep. Uh, like you, I like the over in this one. Um, I like the goals. You know, hopefully it's not a sleeper for Anaheim, kind of just playing their, you know, fourth game on the East ready to get out of there. Uh, But I like the over, but nothing really on the teams there.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. I might take a small shot with Anaheim here uh, at plus 180, even, even though they've not played well here. Uh, on this uh, road trip so far, that's a big number for Boston. I know they've gotten off to a pretty good start. It, it was only that, that was only their first loss of the season against Ottawa, and it was in a pretty tough spot back to back as well uh, for them uh, in that loss to the Senators. So uh, they could easily bounce back. Anaheim's not playing well on this road trip, particularly defensively, and goaltending's been an issue for them. Uh, so I, uh, I kind of think Anaheim will play a little bit better. I'm tempted by that big plus price, but definitely like the over here uh, in this one at uh, six and a half. Again, Anaheim's the one issue they don't have is scoring. Uh, they've got that with Terry and Segris and McTavish, and now they add Vetrano uh, and Strom who are capable offensive players in that top six forward group. And they and as someone in our chat, yeah, I, I, that's what I knew as well. I didn't know the exact record, but I knew Anaheim has had some success in Boston the last few years, and that's true. So I think this could be one of those, you know, a lot of people are going to put Boston in parlays tonight. This could be a parlay buster, in my opinion. I mean, I think Anaheim will make it a tough game. doesn't mean they'll win, but I think they'll at least make it a competitive tough game for the uh, Boston Bruins, especially given – the fact that they've still got multiple key defensemen out uh, for this game tonight. So I'll have a small, small little stake on Anaheim, but also over six and a half in this game as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ducks, Bruins.
2: Yeah, I like over six and a half here as well. And uh, more of a, uh, I like a lean more toward the full game than as opposed to the first period over. Even though we've seen uh, Boston play well in the first 20 minutes, Anaheim has given up goals in the first period as well. But I like that six and a half a little bit better. Like I said, I try to stay away from some of these twos. There's some twos that are I'm fine with, with going with because you you're kind of insulated. You either push or hopefully win it. But here I think we're gonna see more scoring later on. Like I said, Anaheim for as bad of a trip as they've had, uh, they have played well in Boston historically, and we've seen the overcash historically uh with these two teams as well. So uh just land a dollar 20 going to go over six and a half.
0: All right, liking the over here in this one. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's a great point about Vetrano being a local guy. Uh, No doubt, born and raised in Boston. Yep, yeah, he wants – and look, he scored against his former team, the uh, Rangers, the other night. Uh, Frank Vetrano's a good prop. I agree with that for the uh, Anaheim Ducks tonight uh, in this game. All right, San Jose Sharks, New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers minus 280 home favorites here, six and a half the total. Uh, in this game this is a pass for me I mean I, I clearly think New York will beat San Jose I mean that's we're not splitting the atom uh coming up with that kind of opinion but uh nevertheless uh, it's just minus 280 it's 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 obviously well priced you're not getting a discount you're not getting a bargain here uh, on the Rangers uh and uh but they should take care of business they've obviously gotten off to a great start three and one the only loss was Winnipeg on a back to back which was a little bit of a tough spot but they've been pretty good every game since then. Uh, really good in a lot of different metrics, too. Their defensive play, like they've held their opponents, you know, 22, 26 shots on goal. I mean, they're playing their own zone's been better. Uh, certainly, I like the blue line quite a bit. Uh, what a start to the season it's been, by the way, for uh, DJ Z-Bands, which was his name uh, when he was in Ottawa at the clubs doing the DJ stuff. Mika Uh he's gotten off to a, a terrific uh, start uh, this season for the uh, New York Rangers on fire for them. I, I keep saying Capo Kako to score a goal continues to provide value. They still haven't adjusted his goal score prop to the level it should be. The guy's playing on the top line every night. I mean, you've got to put him, uh, give him a little bit more respect in the uh, goal score uh, market uh, than he's been given uh, so far this season. And he's, you know, getting chances uh, on a nightly basis. And with Kako in this game tonight, you know, you can still get him. I'm seeing up to plus 300 in some spots. And he's on the top line. For the new york rangers you're still getting terrific value with that prop for him to find the back of the net here so i might probably bet that one kako to score a goal you can't go wrong with mika right now with the way he's lighting it up at the moment so this is more of a game for me where i'll put a couple bucks on some rangers props other than that won't be involved in the side uh, or the total. but san jose it's pretty bad uh, it's pretty bleak right now what we're seeing from the sharks they don't have a lot of secondary scoring outside of tomas hurdle uh, meyer Uh, and uh, Couture, they don't have a lot of offense outside of those three guys. Defensive play has been woeful. They have uh, multiple goalies, Reimer and Kockenden, and neither one is a number one caliber goalie right now, uh, in my opinion, either. So tough uh, times right now for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, San Jose, New
2: York? Yeah, San Jose, I mean, they're really bad, and and things are going to get worse for them, especially in this game tonight. This is a spot where I just don't trust – that uh, they can get a lot of offense done uh, going against this Ranger team, and, and definitely Igor Shasarkin. You know, he's the goalie who has done a lot here uh, against the San Jose Sharks. I'm looking at the numbers now, three and zero with a 0.73 goals against, a 980 save percentage, and a shutout. He has absolutely locked them down. So I'm going to look at San Jose two and a half goals under at plus 120 i haven't played that often usually if i play team totals i should go over but i think that just can have a good night and hold them to just one or two goals that's really what they've been held to most of the season thus far and it's it's amazing to think with san jose this is the worst start they've had in franchise history you think about how bad this team was three of the first four years to start their, their franchise in the early 90s but they basically went one in 15 in the first 16 games of their existence and they're playing even worse than that. So
0: I think they're on uh, their way to getting to that Mark.
2: (laughs) They might, they might. Yeah. Yeah. We might, we might be talking about a team that only gets 15 to 20 wins potentially. That's that's hard to say in this this day and age, but they look that bad. And the Rangers, you know, we talk about them all the time. They're, They're top of the pops right now as far as the Eastern conference and throughout the league when they're on when they're rolling they're rolling high. I think they can get they can name their score on their side, but I think sterkin is going to have a nice performance. So I'm going to go with Sharks team total under two and a half. You know what to be to me David Quinn was a bit of an odd hire
0: as head coach too because if you remember he was given the same close to the same roster that Gerard Gallant is working with right now in the with the Rangers. And yeah. it was just flame out early in the playoffs every time. I mean they got to the playoffs one year. They disappointed didn't even make it one year. And so he doesn't have that huge track record of, wow, he's really done a hell of a job in the NHL level as a head coach, and yet San Jose's hiring him So for a rebuild situation. So it's a bit of an odd hire, just in my opinion, with David Quinn. And obviously that's where they're at right now, a rebuilding team. Uh, Mike, what are you thinking here, Sharks-Rangers?
1: Yeah, I think – I mean, I think the Rangers are a top three team in the NHL. They're at home. Everyone's kind of buzzing, and San Jose is the exact opposite. Uh, tough line to get behind uh i do think the rangers take care of business i could see a four or five one win uh, maybe a regulation play on the rangers but um you know not my favorite kind of line up there given the given the odds yeah exactly it's just uh, well
0: priced and not giving you a great bargain on the rangers that's for sure all right la kings pittsburgh penguins penguins minus 190 home favorite six and a half the total. Uh, in this game, uh, Pittsburgh uh, definitely a, a, a bit of a stunning loss because of the fact they had a two goal lead uh, against. It's uh, proof that not just the Vancouver Canucks uh, are capable uh, of blowing a two goal lead. Pittsburgh did that uh, the other night against Montreal, losing 3 2 in overtime. First uh, loss of the season after starting uh, with two home wins against Arizona and Tampa Bay. Now they're back home looking to uh, bounce back here against LA. Uh, LA, I was. Not happy with the way they played in the homestand to begin the year. The loss to Vegas, they coughed it up in the final minute. I thought they were lethargic against Seattle uh, in a 4-1 to one home loss, which still to this day is only Seattle's only win uh, this season was when they beat L.A. But L.A. goes on the road, and you know what that's like, Mike, right? You're struggling at home. You get away. You get on the uh, plane. You get on the, or on the bus if it's the AHL or ECHL, but you get away. You bond with the team. You have fun away from home, and uh, you're together with your teammates a lot more. And all of a sudden you start playing better hockey uh, as a result on the ice. And we've seen that from the LA Kings. They've won all three games on this road trip. The 7-6 crazy back and forth affair with Minnesota. Uh, They beat Detroit 5-4 in overtime. Uh, They beat Nashville 4-3 in a shootout. I'm going to pull an Alex B. Smith here in this game. I'm going to sprinkle on the draw here in this game. Kings and Penguins. I mean, I like the resilience and the resolve of this group right now i like that the fact that we've seen again the minnesota game the detroit game and the uh, nashville game the other night they fall behind they don't pitch the tent and go home you know they keep playing for 60 minutes they keep trying to chip away you know and hopefully you know keep throwing pucks at the net and eventually you'll get something to go in for you and that's what LA's done here uh in this uh, so far in the on this road trip to start 3 and 0 i think they're very Capable of being competitive here tonight with Pittsburgh, I'm going to stop short of taking them to win the game because I think you're going to get Pittsburgh in, in a pretty uh focused effort here tonight after blowing the game against Montreal the other night, and they are undefeated at home. But I think it's going to be a close game. I, I don't mind a sprinkle on the draw here uh with the and for the last six meetings between LA and in Pitts and in Pittsburgh have gone to overtime. Says uh, Terry Edelman uh, in our chat. So. Uh, yeah, the draw to me, I think, was worth it here. And, you know, I'm not uh, – I don't bet half as many uh, of these draw uh, wagers as Alex, uh, my colleague here, does. But I thought in this game it was worth a shot here to look in that direction here with uh, the, the draw here, which is at plus 380, you know, in some spots. You get a pretty good price with it, uh, no question about that. So uh, Kings-Penguins draw for me. And, you know, from a prop standpoint, what I'll be looking at here, no question, Gabe Filardi. LA Kings, Uh, he has, look, this guy, people were throwing him in the garbage dump after uh, last year saying, he's a bust. He's not going to do anything. I mean, they drafted him first round. Well, hold on now. He's had a lot of injuries. The talent's always been there. He's healthy more than he's ever been in his NHL career so far. He's getting opportunity now uh, with uh, Todd McClellan's giving him every opportunity to succeed and thrive. And he is making the most of it uh, right now for the LA Kings. And he has been, outstanding offensively, scored the shootout winner. He's got four goals and three assists, seven points already for the Los Angeles Kings this year. So uh, Gabe Velarde, again, to find the back of the net is a terrific prop, in my opinion, tonight, which is uh, you can get plus 350, plus 360 uh, in a couple of books here with his goal scorer prop tonight. Great value for a guy that's got four already uh, this season for the LA Kings. Alex, what are you thinking here? LA Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you on the draw. This is uh, one of those spots that, that stuck out with me. Uh, we've seen L.A. back-to-back overtime games, Pittsburgh in an OT game. And I think this is going to be a high-scoring one as well. Uh, that's what we've been seeing from L.A. i been saying they've really embraced the Hollywood uh, hockey uh, aspect these last three games, the way that they've been playing. It's just been uh, fun to watch. You know, like I said, a, a very exciting team. And the way Pittsburgh's been you know, putting it on offensively too. So the only way you can look would be over. I would not be shocked at all to see this three-three or four-four after 60 minutes, so I'm going to go with the draw as well.
0: Yeah, it to be a broken record, but you know we're, we saw all three games go over last night. I would probably have a small bet on the over here as well. Kings and Penguins, along with that uh, draw, uh, and the, by the way, the series history has trended over as well. Uh, five of the last six meetings, Kings and Penguins have gone over the total. Each of the last three games, LA in in Pittsburgh against the Penguins in the Berg have been decided by one goal each of the last three meetings, and two of those three have gone beyond regulation. So that's why, to me, this draw bet, it's live, in my opinion. It's got a shot. Uh, What do you think here, Mike, LA Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate to be the guy going third, kind of just agreeing with everything, but all good points. Uh, I do think it's going to be a really good game. I like both teams. Both teams got great veteran leaderships, sprinkled in with some young talent. Uh, They both play a pretty fun style. Um I, I this is a game that I'm gonna try to watch. Um, not sure if I love anything given the line. Um, I would say I think Pittsburgh probably gets it done at home, but uh, certainly gonna be a great game. I know la's kind of won their last three on the road. I think that bubble may burst tonight. Um, but certainly gonna be a good game to watch for sure.
0: yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be interesting because I'm fascinated because look Pittsburgh's tough at home and they've been tough at home for a very long time, even last year. Uh, This is a Pittsburgh Penguins team that was pretty good on home ice and you've got LA, you know, they're just resilient bunch right now. They don't quit in any of these games. They've had a nice road trip. It's not easy to fade them at this price considering how good they've been on the road. So it's a really good game to watch here and we'll see if uh, the uh, Kings have another good road effort in them tonight uh, in Pittsburgh against the uh, Penguins. All right, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 150 home favorites here, six and a half the total in this game uh this is to me uh, a case of a team that uh you know we think we want to bet overs with new jersey and a team we usually want to bet unders with and i'll say this right now you see an islanders game at six and a half uh you don't see that very often this is definitely one of the more tighter checking defensive-minded teams in the nhl uh that being said even they've gone over the total in two straight games uh the islanders seven one and five two victories at home uh, against the Ducks and the Sharks uh, in back-to-back games, and their offense has exploded. So maybe there is more of a reason now than ever before to uh, look toward potentially uh, the Islanders as an over uh, team at the moment. And certainly the Devils have had their issues defensively. They did buckle down though a little bit more against Anaheim, held them to two goals, getting their first win of the season after a couple of disappointing losses. So New Jersey gets uh, off the schneid and back in the uh, win column here in this one you know this this one is i'm tempted by jersey a little bit just because of the price i know the islanders have beaten the ducks and the sharks in back to back games but the sharks win i don't i don't i don't i don't upgrade anybody in terms of beating san jose I, I will not do that you don't get too much credit for that in my opinion and even Anaheim, they've had a rough road trip so how much stock do you want to put into that blowout win for the islanders if new jersey maybe gets a little confidence and and wind under their sails that they beat uh, got their first win, and so I, I, I'm interested mildly in a in a modest uh, position here with New Jersey at plus one thirty. Other than that, I'll probably pass on the total in this game. Uh, and maybe look at some props as well, but uh, we'll do some further digging with that. I think from a prop standpoint with uh, New Jersey, Dawson Mercer's really played well, uh, I've noticed. He's been noticeable for the Devils. He's getting ice time. uh, Consider maybe props with him. Sharon Govich looks like he's moved up to the second line. He started in the bottom six, so we always like those situations where You know, you get players moving up the lineup. You could go with a Sharon Govich prop. And I don't mind uh, two of the top line guys, either Holtz and Palat. Palat got his first goal the other night uh, for the Devils. Uh, Maybe he can uh, get on a little bit of a roll. And he's a streaky goal scorer, as we know from his days with Tampa Bay. So Andre Palat might be worth a look there. You know what? We'll switch it up, Mike. You mentioned, hey, I'm always uh, on line. Let's switch it up. Mike, you'll go first here. What do you think here? New Jersey, Devils, New York
1: Islanders. You know, I got over in this one. Um, I know the Devils kind of have that historical low-scoring team. Or sorry, the Islanders, I mean. And the Devils are kind of the opposite. Uh, I think both teams have been kind of putting up goals this season. Um, you know, both kind of play a little bit of a fast-paced game at times. Um, I think New York's going to kind of play the way the Devils do tonight. I think it's going to be an over as far as a team. You know, I'm not sold either way. I think this is kind of a coin flip for me, but um, I would be over is kind of is kind of my notes here.
0: Yeah, keep in mind why people are looking at New Jersey, and it's another example of why we bet. Sometimes we should have to remind ourselves we're betting prices, not necessarily teams. You know, New Jersey was a favorite in all three of their first three games, the Philly game, the Detroit game and the Anaheim game. And they were big favorites in the Detroit and Anaheim game. Uh, Now you're getting them as an underdog. This is more of the price range. I'm more interested in backing a team like the uh, Devils. So that's why I'm leaning in that direction. And just like the Islanders, they're not a team I'm looking to lay bigger numbers with and bigger prices with. Alex,
2: anything here? Devils Islanders. No, this is a total pass for me. I, I don't like the side or the total. Historically, Islanders have dominated uh, the Devils. They won 27 of the last 36 meetings. I think it's 15 and five the last 20, uh, 15 and six last 21 in New York. So this is one uh, I want to I just want to learn from these teams, kind of see you know see what the uh, what could unfold moving forward. But nothing worth betting on tonight.
0: All right, nothing uh, wrong with that. Uh, should be an interesting one. All right, next up. Here we go. You two teams that are, we're about to talk about right now, you're, you're, you both suck defensively right now. You both can't keep a lead to save your lives. Someone's got to win this hockey game tonight. Someone's got to actually you know, get a key stop and a key save and, and make that big and you know, have a good defensive effort to preserve victory. Someone. Who will it be tonight? The Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild. You talk about two teams just that cannot get out of their own way defensively to start the year. It doesn't get any bigger than this game with these two teams right now. Uh, You got Minnesota minus 180, home favorites here, six and a half being the total in this game. Why rack your brain in minus 180 with Minnesota? Why rack your brain Trusting the Vancouver Canucks to hold a lead, which they have failed to do now with two or more goal leads in four straight games to start the regular season, a first in NHL history. And Mike, we've been talking about this, Alex and I this week. That's not the history you want to be uh, part of It is the first team in NHL history to have a two goal lead or more in your first four games and lose each and every game. Uh, not good at all if you're the Canucks. again, mistakes. And again, panic with the puck. It happens. Michael, I'll ask you. Uh, you know, you've seen, I'm sure, situations, maybe been part of it, whether it's the opponent or your own team, where you're just having a tough time, you know, finishing games and closing out th- games and maybe preserving a one two goal lead. The more you blow leads and lose games in that fashion, the worse it gets and the less confidence and the more fragile your psyche gets. It's got to be that way. It's a mental game more than physical right
1: now for Vancouver. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's a lot of chatter about them. They've certainly let a few things slip away. Being on the road, too, is always even tougher. Um, But I do like them to bounce back tonight. I like the line on it. I know Mini is a tough place to play. um, But I think Vancouver will figure it out here a little bit. They got too much talent to go this many games. I, I like them to bounce back. Uh, but certainly it is a bit of a psyche. I mean, you get in these kind of downward spirals, whether it's uh, blowing leads or just losing games or letting in goals or your power play is not good. Some of these things can kind of wear on you a little bit and then guys kind of press a little too much. And, you know, you start to alter the way you play, whether it's, okay, we're blowing these leads. Maybe we need to play a little more defensively and then we're missing out on some offensive opportunities um, that we would normally be jumping all over. So. Um, over under, I'm not too sure about in this game. I, I do like Vancouver though. I think they come back. Uh, I think this is a win for them on the road. So that's that's what I'd be looking at tonight there.
0: All right, Vancouver plus
1: one sixty.
0: Man, I, I I even I'm out when it comes to Vancouver tonight. I've had enough. You know, I, I've had mm-hmm. enough for a bit. You know, we, we took them against uh, Washington, small on them against uh, Columbus. Although we did split it up first period and full game. Uh, split actually because they did win in the first period but couldn't hang on Uh, i'm not even getting back to vancouver tonight after these last two games but i understand it the price it's not like we can trust minnesota right now defensively either minus 180 uh dean evison going back to mark andre Fleury. you know does the game that he got to rest and they put of course gustafson in uh, the last game against colorado Uh, does this give him a chance to hit the reset button and get back to playing better because look, it's been a rough start for Mark andre Fleury. And we love the guy. We love his character. We like the, the kind of person he is. Uh, great, great teammate, all that stuff. We know just a good human being Fleury is. And we want him to thrive. We want him to do well. But you also have to call it like you see it. <laughs> hasn't been good uh, so far this season. Now, a lot of it's been the defense too. Defense hasn't been good for Minnesota either. But there's a few of those goals that went in he should have stopped. You hope now he can maybe bounce back here with the uh, time off to maybe get his game back. We'll see, but it's going to have to start with the whole team. The whole team structure defensively has to be better than it's been. If Minnesota uh, is going to get out of this funk uh, that they are in. So to me, I'm just going with the over uh, here in this game, six and a half. And I'm going to dare these teams to show up defensively for 60 minutes. Neither one has so far. So to me, it's just why bother with the side? Just look for goals until these teams can prove otherwise that they can step up defensively
2: uh alex what do you think here canucks wild a couple of spots i like here i like this first period over a lot uh at two uh it's got as high as now as plus 120 i think that's a great number and a great price here's the thing these two teams have kind of flip-flopped with their issues vancouver's a great first period team they get things rolling they just can't keep that consistency going into the last 40 minutes of play while minnesota has been awful in the first period, letting in goals galore, said Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, you know, has had some really rough starts so far. Even Gustafson looked a bit shaky, gave up a couple uh, in, in his start. So this screams to me first period over, and I think that we could see things kind of adjust and maybe slow down a bit as the game wears on, which I think lends to, credence to Minnesota at home. This is a, a huge game for them. Being 0-3 and 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 not taking advantage of their home ice with a place where they usually play really well. I think they're gonna be coming out red hot and they realize, hey, you know, we've been letting in these goals early in the first. We have to dictate the pace and tempo. We got to get our offensive game rolling. But Vancouver is gonna counterpunch with that as well, too. So I like both teams to score in the first period as well as first period over two. I also like Matt Boldy to get a point at minus $1.10. dollar ten. Uh, you know, we've seen him kind of thrown into the power play uh, a, a little bit. He, you know, he had some a few shifts with Zuccarello, uh, and Caprizov at times. And he's a guy who gets hard to the front of the net. Uh, you know, we cashed with his overshots on goal prop over the weekend and in that game against LA. But he had a, a few quality chances that didn't even register on net. Uh, he's definitely a guy like I'm, I'm, you know, I know some people in the chat were mentioning plus 280 to score a goal. Uh, I wouldn't shy away from that either, but I think he could maybe chip in with the assist as well. So I'll just play it a little safer. Minus $1. ten, Boldy, to get a point uh, along with both teams to score. I saw plus 155 for that and plus 120 on the first period over two.
0: Yeah, Rossi's on the second line and Boldy tonight so and rossi's got no points yet this year uh doesn't have any it's totally up and off the score sheet here so far this season for the wild but i think he could get going uh tonight a little bit now on the second line so i don't mind props on either of those uh two this is a good prop game uh, You're someone mentioned the first period both teams to score at a plus price yeah absolutely this is one of the better candidates in my opinion for both teams to score in the first period On this NHL card tonight uh, with the uh, Canucks and the wild. So definitely some good prop opportunities. I agree. And for Vancouver, you know, JT Miller, uh, he's going to be the guy. I mean, if he's one of the leaders of the team, he's going to, if he's, who's going to lead them through the abyss you know, it's going to be uh, JT Miller. And I think Kuzmenko is due to score. He's had some chances. He's kind of been snake bit the last few games, but he's still up on that top six forward group. He's still someone that I think you're going to be able to rely on for uh, production throughout the season. So I like the Andre Kuzmenko look as well for the uh, Vancouver Canucks tonight in this game. All right, one of the better games of the night next up here. We've got Carolina and Edmonton. Uh, This should be a very fascinating game. Two teams with their eyes on winning a Stanley Cup this year. Uh, even money both sides six and a half the total in this one. Tell you what Edmonton, you'd be shocked to learn this. And I don't, I'm not a big Mike advanced metrics person. Like I, 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 I keep an eye on them, the expected yeah. goals and high danger chances and some of those, you know, Corsi and all those advanced numbers. But I don't, you know, just blindly use them for my uh, betting decisions in the NHL. But I did find it fascinating that Edmonton is thirtieth and expected goals this year, 30th at five on five. So they are not generating, you know, the offense that we think they should with what they've got with Kane and dry and McDavid uh, and company uh, Hyman. Uh, you've got an incredible forward group now, and yet they have just not been able to, and I saw it against Buffalo the other night. Yeah. They had a ton of shots, but not a great deal of them were those high danger, great looks. And that's been an issue a little bit for the Oilers here early uh, in the season. And you're talking about it now going up against a Carolina team that defensively they've been on point this year. They've been absolutely terrific. They have been suppressing shots. They've been uh, obviously not allowing teams to find the back of the net very often in this 3-0 and start. You know, they have given up just one goal uh, in each of their first three games against Columbus, San Jose, and Seattle. I will say this, though, about those numbers. Edmonton will test that a little bit more. Other than those three opponents, so it's. But I think with Edmonton kind of scuffling, getting the quality looks that they're the offensively at the moment, this could be a game where Carolina again, you know, looks pretty solid at the defensive end and is able to win this game. So you know, kind of leaning Carolina here at minus one ten. I don't really want to see back Edmonton here uh, until we see them get things going a little bit, and also. You know, their defensive coverage has been hit or miss. Jay Woodcroft's talked about many times already in the first week, how sloppy they've been uh, with the puck. You know, they kind of hung out Stuart Skinner to dry a few times. That was horrible defending on Tage Thompson who scored that beautiful goal, you know, swaggering through the defense uh, with that two to one goal the other night. And then there was the breakaway goal, JJ Paterka, you know, gets right behind everybody for Edmonton and scores that three, one goal for the Sabres the other night. So the defense has come unglued a little bit. They're not generating the quality looks offensively that they should. So right now, you gotta, I got to lean to current form. And right now, current form is on Carolina's side. So I'm going to have a bet here, uh, Carolina minus 110 uh, in this one. Alex, what do you think here? Hurricanes, Oilers. You're muted.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> got that working oh, Yeah, Uh I like Carolina as well. I was able to grab it at even money. Uh, at a couple of shops, so definitely look around for that. And this is a game where I feel like we're going to see, uh, you know, a lot of people probably throw around that this is a potential Stanley Cup playoff preview, and and, and that, you know, I think that could possibly be the case. I think Carolina will get far as well as Edmonton. And that People are kind of overreacting to Jack Campbell. Yes, he's had a rough start, but I think he's still going to be a quality goalie. He's still better than any of the options, uh, you know, Skinner or, or Mike Smith from last year or some of the, you know the other people that they were – uh, trying to throw in there. So he will get his game rounded in due form as well their defense. I think they will get things taken care of in due time. But right now Carolina's in a good form. Uh I, I like what, what I'm seeing from them so far. And I think they're really going to take this one seriously. And I think Edmonton one of those places I talked about it on another program where just like Toronto, you know, there's a lot of pressure when they start off bad or just playing bad in general. And if you can take that crowd out of it and Carolina can get a goal or two early. Have those Oilers fans kind of booing their, their guys, heading back into the locker room, that maybe gets in their heads a little bit. I think Carolina can kind of coast with that a little bit. And also you look at uh you know the goaltending matchup, Frederick Anderson goes in, in, which I'm most likely assuming he will. His numbers against Edmonton lights out 17-1 and 2 with a 2.16 goals against and a nine two-six save percentage. Uh it's hard to go go against that. So I'm gonna go canes uh, even money uh, to win this. Uh, All right, Carolina minus 110. Jack
0: Campbell confirmed. And again, Jack Campbell has been uh, struggling early in some of these games this year. Remember the Vancouver game on opening night, the Calgary game on Saturday night. You know, he's had some tough, tough starts. Now, he's going to be fine long-term, but again, he's just – and it's been a lot of it's been breakdowns in front of him, but another opportunity. Let's see if he gets off to a better start here in the first period tonight against Carolina, but certainly it's been a – A little bit of a struggle uh, just in the early going here for Campbell with the Oilers. Frederick Anderson projected but not confirmed yet to be the goalie. As far as props go, I'm coming back to Seth Jarvis and our guy Marty Natchez for uh, Carolina. Those two guys just have been – they're undervalued every game from a prop standpoint. They both contributed. For Edmonton, there's concerns, guys. Four goals for Connor McDavid, which you expect him to be the catalyst, but only one for Leon Dreisaitl. Goose eggs for Zach Hyman and Evander Kane. So far this year, neither of them have found the back of the net yet. So they need those guys to get going. Uh, Hopefully starting tonight, if you're an oiler fan, Mike, what are you thinking here? Carolina Edmonton.
1: Yeah, I think another great game. Uh, One that I'm going to try to uh, be attentive to for sure. Um, You know, I think Edmonton has lost a couple in a row at home. Carolina's on the West third game of a, of a road trip out there. I lean towards Edmonton at home bouncing back and also the over. I think, you know, just given the dynamic offenses on both teams at times, I think uh, they're going to go back and forth. So I think over in Edmonton, um, but certainly going to be a good game. I mean, Carolina's, you know, they're dialed in right now. So sometimes it's hard to mess with a team that's playing as good as they are on both sides of the puck. So uh, certainly going to be a good watch. Um, definitely some pressure on Edmonton, like you guys said, with Toronto and some of these teams coming off some good years, good offensive numbers for a lot of guys. Um, so it'll be interesting. A lot of adversity for those guys to kind of buckle up. But I like Edmonton to bounce back tonight, kind of right the ship.
0: All right. I'll tell you what, situationally, it's it's not bad for Edmonton, right? You're right. Two disappointing setbacks and home losses. Uh, you got Caroline on a you know a road trip that's become pretty lengthy now. Uh, You would expect Edmonton to have a good effort here. So situationally, there's reasons to like the Oilers. It's what makes this a fascinating game here. We'll see because you're right. current form, advantage Carolina, probably situationally a little advantage Edmonton. So uh, we'll see how this one plays out. All right, we have two games left, Buffalo uh, and Calgary uh, next up. This should be a really interesting game here. Uh, We've got Calgary minus 290 uh, home favorites here at Uh, The Saddle Dome, total six and a half here in this game. It's been a great start to the season for the Calgary Flames. No question about that. Uh, Mike, I've got the – you mentioned the Rangers. I've got them to win the Cup. I've got the Flames to win the Cup. And I picked the Flames and the Rangers as my Stanley Cup final uh, here before the season started. So I'm happy with the start we've seen from Calgary. And I really like all facets of this team right now. The power play, the penalty kill, the defensive uh, effort – Uh, I like that they've had a one-goal lead against both Edmonton and um, in the last game, Vegas, and they pull the goalie, both teams, Vegas and Edmonton, trying to tie the game. Calgary gives them literally nothing in terms of a good scoring chance. That's good defending. That's when you know a team's ready to make a deep run in the spring. You have the net empty. The opponent's trying everything in their power to tie the game. You don't give them a quality chance. I mean, that is really impressive stuff. Uh, from the Calgary Flames uh, in each of their uh, last two victories. Uh, This game reminds me, uh, and I cashed a little, I had a small stake on Buffalo against Edmonton. It's weird because I had Edmonton first period puck line and a small stake on Buffalo full game. I was hoping I'd hit one of them, and we did with Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to pull some upsets this year in this kind of price range, especially even when they step up in class. They're going to be capable of doing that this year with the uh, team they've got, with uh, a great forward group. The defense is young, and they are going to have some rough nights. But when you've got Matias Samuelson, Owen, I've got the power, Owen Power, and you've got, obviously, um, Rasmus Dahlin, who had a bounce-back season last year and looks off to a terrific start this year. That is a great young core to build around. Um, and then in net, you know, if Eric Comrie's going to give you some of the games he gave you the other night against Edmonton, that's the one question mark on this Sabres team, the goaltending, but Eric Comrie was spectacular, and Don Granados rewarded him with another start tonight uh, against Calgary. So Comrie back in net, Markstrom for Calgary, but you know what? This game reminds me, guys, of this is, uh, I loved Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, growing up. It was a great show, one of my favorite sitcoms, and there was the one episode where – uh, Will uh, accidentally is bored, you know, because everybody's doing other things and he's, he's got nothing to do. He ends up burning down the kitchen in one episode, uh, the, the Banks family kitchen. And so they've got to all of a sudden prepare dinner, uh, you know, for Uncle Phil, one of his clients, is coming. They're coming over for dinner. And then they've got to put the dinner together, and Jeffrey. The butler's basically saying them, what steak sauce, or Will's I got asked Jeffrey, what steak sauce do I use? Red or brown? Red or brown? And then Jeffrey's like, don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. This is how I feel tonight. Don't make me choose. I don't want to go against Buffalo as a big dog, but I don't want to go against Calgary either. They look like they're totally locked in right now uh, to begin the season. So it leaves me out of this game pretty much sidewise. Totals-wise as well. Could be an under. Could be an under. Because if Connery plays like he did the other night against Edmonton, Six and a half could be a little bit lofty. And we know Calgary is a pretty good defensive team. They've shown that uh, the other night uh, against Vegas. So it's an interesting game. Uh, It's a uh, a fun one to watch, uh, and I'm excited to watch it. But I don't have much from a betting standpoint. It's a tough game. Uh, I I don't want to go against either of these teams right now, especially at the price you're seeing uh, in terms of the game tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Buffalo, Calgary
2: yeah the only thing i'm looking at here is calgary first period puck line uh you can grab this one i'm seeing somewhere around plus 105 plus 110 and you there's a g- big discrepancy you're seeing now a two to one margin for calgary and shots for and against in the first period where buffalo is a team that's allowing 15 and a half shots uh, in the first period so I think this is a, a flames team we know how well they play at home uh and like I said comrade, I'm still not Sold on him being, you know, the number one guy right now. Yes, he's a better option than Craig Anderson. That's not saying much of anything these days. So I'm going to go Flames, first period puck line. Uh, I got plus dollar one, uh, $1. ten for that. Laying all out. right,
0: so that's Calgary minus a half, uh plus one ten in the first period for uh, Alex in this game. They're damn good right now, the Calgary Flames. That's all there is to it. All three zones, all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, throw in goaltending as well. Uh, you know, that's a complete hockey team right now. Daryl Sutter's got the guys he wants. Monahan wasn't the Daryl Sutter guy. Get the hell out, out you go. You're, you're done. You know they got rid of him. They bring in Nazem Qadri, You know a Daryl Sutter type of player. You know and perfect type of fit. All over the puck, tenacious, great on the forecheck. You know hard. You know hard. You know t- throw the body around. He'll be good defensively. And, man, you got to be good defensively. You better make sure you backjack. You better make sure you play as a five-man unit defensively, three forwards, two defense, when Daryl Sutter's coaching your team. He ain't going to tolerate for any of bad shit defensively from anybody. Uh, And that's what makes Calgary a tough team to play against. Mike, what do you think here, Buffalo-Calgary?
1: Yeah, I mean, tough line. Uh, Tempting with Buffalo coming off a nice win. And, you know, I think they've surprised a lot of teams this year already um, but Calgary at home I mean they just beat Vegas, Edmonton, Colorado like those are some pretty premier teams in the NHL yeah. um you know, a little bit tempted for me taking Buffalo plus one and a half um just to kind of hang in there uh yeah. I could also see an under I would probably probably wouldn't take anything on the game maybe the under um but yeah kind of a tough one given the line so I'm probably. Probably more hands-off, too, like you guys kind of mentioned in this one.
0: Yeah, Tage Thompson would be even – well, you know, it's not going to be easy. I kind of want to load up on Buffalo player props when you're playing a good defensive team like Calgary. But Tage Thompson, man, he's the one. I mean, you bet him most nights he's going to come through for you in terms of scoring a goal. As for Calgary, you know, they've done it a lot more uh, by committee. I mean, they've spread the wealth around. I think what's been good for Calgary is so far this year – Uh, We've seen Elias Lindholm pick up where he left off last year. He's already got two goals uh, this year for the uh, Calgary Flames. So Elias Lindholm to score. And I think Dylan Dubé, you know, he's been quiet really since the uh, first game where he scored that goal against uh, Edmonton. Uh, but I or it wasn't Edmonton. It was someone else. But he scored in the first game uh, for Calgary. And Dylan Dubé, I still think, is going to be someone that's going to have a nice season for them. So Dubé and Lindholm are of interest for me from a prop standpoint tonight. All right, we've reached the final game of this Thursday card. Winnipeg, Vegas, uh, the Golden Knights minus two twenty home favorites. This total six and a half, and the six and a halves are disappearing. You know, there's only a few six and a halfs left. It's moved to seven. This total. Uh, in a lot of spots uh, for this uh, game tonight, Vegas Golden Knights and uh, Winnipeg Jets. And you can understand why that is if you look at who might be the goaltending matchup for this game tonight. Aiden Hill will get the start for the Vegas Golden Knights, not Logan Thompson. And to me, there is a bit of a difference between these two, especially with what we've seen out of uh, Logan Thompson uh, so far this season for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think he's played pretty well. And Aiden Hill has been very inconsistent. I will say that as well about uh, him. Uh, he's played very well uh, this year. Uh, or he's played up and down in his career, I should say, Aiden Hill. And for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, after Hellebuck uh, leads the Jets to a stunning upset last night. Not stunning because uh, Winnipeg is capable on any night. But, you know, to beat Colorado, definitely surprising last night. They got out to that 2-0 lead. Colorado did what they usually do. Even when they fall behind, they battle back, tied the game. But Winnipeg gets the victory last night in overtime. And now they're on the second night uh, of back-to-back games here uh, in Vegas against a Golden Knights team that's off the loss to Calgary. So you'd expect Vegas to want to bounce back. And you've got our old friend might be in that tonight. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but I'd be stunned if it's not him on a back-to-back. Our old friend is back, Big Civ big save dave here david riddick uh for the uh winnipeg jets and he might be a net tonight for them uh and uh the, 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 that's a little running joke line we've got mike with uh david riddick is that years ago when he was with calgary he had that great year and in the playoffs he was going yeah. to always called him big save big save dave but lately he's been big yeah. Siv, uh dave lately okay, you know, okay. for the uh, for the jets uh, not just for the jets just ask him uh, Nashville, just as Toronto, the last two stops he's been at, it's not been good uh, for David Riddick. So if we see him and net, look, I understand now why people are, I was like, wait a minute, six and a half with the Jets and the the Jets and the Golden Knights are the most explosive teams uh, in the NHL. But then you see an Aiden Hill, David Riddick, goaltending matchup on the docket. And you say, ah, maybe I can see why the totals moving on the six and a half with juice, the juice is going up. And now we're seeing sevens as well start to uh, appear with this uh, total. So yeah, if it is confirmed Riddick and uh a- Hill and the, the fatigue factor, Alex, how many times have we seen the fatigue factor play in too? We talked about it. These yeah. games where the teams are playing back to back, especially when they've got a, uh, not a great blue line in terms of depth, like Winnipeg, they wear down and they cough up the puck, make more mistakes, sloppiness, turnovers, worse defense in games like this. So, I could see this over getting there, and I probably will do a double up if it's confirmed. Hill versus Riddick, I'll probably do a first period and full game over uh, in this game with the Jets and the Golden Knights. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Winnipeg Vegas?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm doing at plus one ten. I'm grabbing the the over two here with the Jets and Knights because, like I said, you know, I, I figured Riddick was going to get the start, and like I said, even though it's not confirmed yet, but now with Aiden Hill there as well, I think we could easily get over. Uh, this two, like I said, we're we're protected with a a possible push. I feel like this could easily be 2-2 each way. So I might even take a sprinkle with uh, both teams to score in the first well. All right, Mike, what are you thinking here? Jets, Golden Knights?
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of like the Jets in this game. I know it's a back-to-back, which is always uh, statistically a tough one, especially in the NHL and you're on the road. But I think the Jets got a lot to prove this year. Uh, you know, the leadership group kind of called out some changes made, the captaincy, um, you know, and they're having a pretty darn good start to the year. Beat, winning in Colorado, they did lose to Dallas, but they beat the Rangers. Um, and then on the flip side, I think the Golden Knights, you know, they beat Seattle and Chicago, lost to Calgary, beat LA. So, I mean, nothing too impressive. So far on that, I know Vegas is a tough place to play, but I'm taking the Jets in this one. A little bit of a flyer for me, Um, and I actually like the under. I like the under in this one. I think, you know, sometimes your backups are playing. uh, You maybe play a little more conservatively, and I think given the fatigue factor for the Jets, I think they're going to play a little bit safer out there, too. So uh, if it hits eight, hey, you know, you kind of tip your cap, you lost, but. Seven being a push, I like the under.
0: All right, liking the under. And if you agree with the under for Mike's uh, opinion on this game with the total, make sure you get a seven. This is There's no reason that if you like the over, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get six and a half because there are still six and a halves. And there's no reason if you like the under, you shouldn't get seven. It's all about line shopping. You know, we got to have multiple sports books. We always say that. Uh, so you can always get the uh, best of the number uh, as often as possible. As far as props go, Shifley and Perfetti, Perfetti. I've been waiting for Perfetti to get on the board. He finally did last night. I think he could get on a little bit of a roll for the Jets. So I'd like a cool Perfetti prop uh, as well. Shifley for the Jets and for Vegas in terms of uh, props tonight, uh, you've got, uh, as Don Cherry called him, uh, John Masserol. Uh, Jonathan so uh, is starting to get going for them. Three goals uh you know he's had a nice start to the year so i think that's a pretty good option here eichel quiet after the first game he's he got to be better jack eichel i keep saying that he needs to be great for this team to be at their absolute best and go as far as they can uh so we'll see what that jack eichel brings to the t- i feel this is a night where jack can score uh because you know you got a tired winnipeg team you might have big civ dave riddick and net so i think it's a night where we could see Jack Eichel find the back of the net for the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, Great stuff, great show, great analysis. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way. out, And thanks to our special guest, Mike Hamilton. Did one hell of a job. We'll hope to get him back uh, later in the season for sure. Uh, Mike, let's start best bets with you. Uh, We always end with best bet segment. We'll start with you, Mike, your best bet for this Thursday card.
1: Best bet for the Thursday card. Um, Let me just take a second here. Uh, that's okay. I do this a lot too, with best bet segment. It's not easy. I know. I've got, I got a few things in my head, I do like that Jets one, given the value. Um, I really like that one. I like Columbus at home too. Um, again, like reasonable value at home, uh, playing a struggling team. Those would be my top two, I think, uh, going into tonight. So that's, that's where I'm sitting right now. There you
0: go. I like it. Two best bets right there uh, for the price of we'll nothing uh, right there for this uh, Thursday NHL slate from our special guest, uh, Mike Hamilton. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like here for best
2: bet tonight? I'll be heading down the street to St. Paul. I'm definitely going with the Canucks and Wilds first period over two. You get it as high as plus 120. There's going to be some rock and rolling offense from two desperate hockey clubs uh, looking to try to establish their pace and tempo in the first 20 minutes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's like it's been, it's been fun to watch if you've had overs. Uh, with Minnesota so far. If you've been on the sides rooting for them, not so much. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a a, 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 tight, a highly contested contest. Not so much tight in the first period. It's going to maybe tighten up later on. So uh, let's go first period over with Vancouver, Minnesota, uh, over two. That's my best bet, tonight.
0: All right, there you go. First, whoops, there we go. First period over two with uh, Vancouver and Minnesota for uh, Alex B. Smith uh, with his best bet. Uh, my best bet for this card. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, it, this is a tough one because I'm back and forth with a couple of totals that I really like uh, here in this game. Uh, the the Boston game as well as the Vancouver Minnesota game. Uh, I'm gonna go with that Anaheim Boston uh, over six and a half minus one twenty. Actually, Ottawa and or the over against Boston almost was best bet for me the other night. I think this is a good one here. Ducks and the Bruins. Ducks have not ironed out. Uh, they've just been atrocious in their own end uh, here on this road trip. Boston can score. Boston's having no issue scoring. But again, you're talking about still they get Matt Grizzlick back, but still no Brandon Carlo and no Charlie McAvoy. So you're still very much shorthanded uh, if you're Boston on that blue line tonight. So uh, I think we'll see goals both ways here tonight. Anaheim's issues aren't scoring. They can put the puck in the net. I think they will tonight. Anaheim-Boston over six and a half. I'm six and three, by the way, with best bets this season. Let's see if we can uh, improve on that tonight. Anaheim-Boston over six and a half uh, for my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. That'll wrap this up for this edition of the show. Mike, just some final words from you before we uh, say goodbye. I
1: don't know. Appreciate the time tonight. A lot lot of games on the slate, so. Uh, I was trying to dig around last night and today, getting some getting some research done to see see what we got. But, um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Fun to always talk hockey. I mean, you know, obviously played the game and still follow the game. So enjoy watching the games. Um, like what you guys are doing here, uh, looking forward to tonight. So appreciate the time, fellas.
0: Yeah, we appreciate yeah, coming it. On. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. We'll yeah, bring you back time. definitely uh, once again. And uh, like we say, we love the players' perspective. You know, you've been in the dressing rooms, you've been in the wars, you've been in times when you've been on a great run with a particular team and when you've been on a losing streak with a particular team. And, you know, all situations what players go through, yeah, uh, on a daily basis. So we like hearing that for sure. And, of course, from our standpoint, and Mike, I'll throw you into the mix too, it's not just the 12 games of hockey tonight. you just got a little college football, NFL, uh, Major yeah. League Baseball, NBA yeah. started. So from a from a viewing and a betting standpoint, it's overload right now this
2: is the 27th sports equinox in history so yeah yep, no doubt there'll be some
0: will there be it's funny if, if i just want to mention this briefly thursday night football has been an atrocity the last two weeks colts broncos commanders bears the offense has been dreadful are we going to see more games tonight that have more goals in an nhl game than points in an nfl game tonight you got to start asking yourself
2: we might you know. <laughs> <It's> possible <laughs>
0: I mean, we've had friggin' 6-3 and eleven ten games this year uh, in the NFL. Obviously, it won't match it, but you, you get my point. I mean, the offense has been dreadful in the NFL, uh, but uh, we'll see if that changes tonight for the Thursday night NFL game uh, as well. But a huge night of hockey. We're looking forward to it. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Over 200 live viewers, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Uh, for Alex B. Smith, A reminder, by the way, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, Download the podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex P. Smith, our special guest, Mike Hamilton, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.